life is complicated and overwhelming enough, especially for those in mission-driven work. Let's make your journey to health as simple and sustainable as possible. I'm Lisa Baker, and I want to welcome you to the Simply Health Coaching Podcast, where it's the food and it's more than the food. On this podcast, we'll talk about the food that you put in your mouth and everything else in your life that nourishes you or doesn't. With special attention paid to the problems and opportunities facing women over 40 burning out in mission-driven work. Season 1 focused on the food we put in our mouths and a few other parts of our lives that can affect our relationship with that food. In Season 2, we're focusing on conversations with women burning out in mission-driven work, conventional and alternative practitioners who support them, and with others whose lives intersect with them and their organizations in particular with individuals looking to implement innovative ways to fund the holistic health of these women. My vision is a world in which you can be well while doing good. My mission is to give you the simple resources and practices and some helpful connections to get there. Let's get started. This week's episode is brought to you by Rob B., my friend and fellow health coach from across the pond at The Art of Health, and also from The Art of Vibrancy podcast. I was on Rob's podcast a couple weeks ago, so make sure you check that out. We had a lot of fun together. The link to that is in the show notes, as is the link to the webinar that Rob is talking about. Feeling stressed, less bright and breezy than you used to be? Are you worried about your weight, fitness, getting old? Hi, I'm Rob B from The Art of Vibrancy. According to my Fitbit watch, I'm in the top 1% of men my age in the world for cardiovascular fitness. On the last Wednesday of this month, I'll be doing a little online show demonstrating how I stay sharp, vibrant and healthy. Just by doing a few simple, enjoyable things every day. My unique three-part method includes delightful treats for your body and for your mind. I'll talk about nourishment, adventure, and creativity. Or to put it simply, food, fitness, and fun. So, what's David Bowie, or the film Easy Rider, got to do with it all? Well, you can find out by tuning in on the last Wednesday of this month at 4.30pm London time. I can promise you an enjoyable and valuable 40 minutes. Click the link to join me there. Bye. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. Today, I'm here with Rob B. And Rob B's business, The Art of Health, helps people to stay sharp and healthy as they age using his unique trademarked Art of Vibrancy method. For 49 years, he's helped thousands of people in six countries to live more vital, positive, and creative lives. A former professional musician, Rob has performed on stages around the world And as living proof that he lives life to the max, he's been awarded an arts degree at Lancaster University and also runs an art gallery. He teaches the art of vibrancy to clients who want to live a life and leave a legacy of boldness, diversity, and adventure. So welcome, Rob. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) Wow. How do I live up to that description? I know. Well, you wrote it, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Rob, you've been warned. My first question is always the same. So in my work as a health coach, I talk about our primary and secondary foods as either kale 
or kryptonite. So both the foods we eat and everything else in our lives that nourishes us or doesn't can sort of yes. veer into being kryptonite sometimes. And sometimes we find something that's like kale, like a superfood that we try to eat every day. So tell us first, what's your kale? My kale, my superfood. Right, well, I've got several actually, the things that I do every day, religiously. And it shows. Uh, yeah, <laughs> keeps me vibrant. Um, the, I have a certain breakfast which uh, every morning called the breakfast of brilliance, which I'm sure we'll talk about later on. People can access that. <laughs> it's um, f lots of fresh fruit. Um, the the different thing about it is I, I always have some spinach and some broccoli first thing in the morning, every single day. I've done it for five years. I've probably missed five days in five years. And uh, it, it absolutely has it cured my arthritis in my hip and my knee and my thumb uh, keeps me slim and well and, and and that one thing well i say that one thing i also every morning on at least five days a week i um go for a bike ride before breakfast first thing and then i do a little bit of a meditation and a little bit of um i write in my journal Sometimes I write what I'm grateful for. Sometimes I write, visualize what the future is going to be. But it's all about um, getting set up for the day so that you feel ready and positive at the beginning of the day. So that is my kale, really. Is, yeah, is I love that. It's, it's right sort of like you have a morning routine which has a bunch of things in it, but that morning routine serves as your kale. It does. And, it, and that, the fact that I do it um, sets you up for the day and, and it helps do other positive things during the day because it's you're in the right mindset. Yeah, I'm so on the same page with you. I absolutely love to have vegetables for breakfast. And a lot of people don't yeah. even think about vegetables as an option for breakfast. So I'm always pushing, push, I'm a kale pusher. So <laughs> but right, I do right, push right. having vegetables for breakfast because once you get in the habit, you realize how much, how much stuff you've been eating for breakfast that maybe not maybe not the best choice for you. So let's flip the question around. Tell us what's your kryptonite? What sometimes sneaks in that perhaps is not the best choice? Right, well, I've got one glaring one, actually. Uh, in the evenings, after I eat healthy all day and I eat a healthy dinner, I cook myself nice clean food. My, the danger zone is when my willpower's gone. I sit down to relax in front of the telly. I'll just have, just have a couple of salted nuts. If I've got them in the house, I'll open a packet. And the danger is I eat too many of those. Or, yes. Or, or I open a bag of uh, chips, you call them, crisps, we call them, you know, yeah. or, or something like that. If they're in the house, I'm in danger at that stage of the day. <laughs> <laughs> of doing it, yes, yes. And I'm sure you've heard the expression decision fatigue, that, you know, you've been making good choices all day long. And then you get to the evening and your brain is just saying, you know what, I've made all these decisions and I'm not going to make another one. I'm just going to let you do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is getting to the is? evening. Yeah, well, and I always think I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be doing this. But then, I, you know, Oh, take that word out. Do we go, don't like the word should. Should is like another right. dirty word that starts with SH, you yeah. know, just right. lose okay, the Okay, don't. So I can just do it now and again. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when you think, first of all, let's go back and take a look at how you came to do what you do and what it is exactly. So tell us your story. 
Right, well, I've been a professional musician most of my life, travelled the world. Um, I've run a band for, for a lot of years. I was the band leader um, and I was in a band in America for a while and I lived in Nashville and we toured, played in 30 different states. Wow, uh, what sort of music? Country music, of course. Oh. But we were a British band. But Big most fan. Of <laughs> yeah. Are you? Oh, I love I'm country really music. Good. Yes. I was yeah, sort of yeah. shamefaced well. about admitting it to somebody. I think it was like at a high school reunion oh. or something. And I said, you know, I, actually, I really like country music. And I expected him to laugh. And he said, oh, you know what? I really think country music is one of the, the last places that you'll find really clever lyrics very smart funny yes, lyrics yeah, yeah that really compared to good. most other types of popular music yeah that's yeah. throwaway stuff yeah yes. country music and also i love the 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 rhythm and the beat and i love the whole feel of it the look of it you know yeah. we used to play in these um country clubs and of course all everyone's lining up dancing yeah and the girls in the beautiful frocks and the guys in the boots and the girls in the boots as well the hats we played in a big massive club in uh um fort worth dallas everything in texas called... is massive <laughs> it was enormous and it was called borrowed money so whoever had set it up obviously <laughs> had done just that but there must have been uh eight nine hundred people there and i reckon 500 of them on the dance floor Wow. And they're all doing it. And it was a moment. It was a moment in my life. I can picture it now. And so that's the power of, of music. And yeah. country music has that certain thing about it, you know. Mm. Since then, I've mostly played, um, I've ended up working on the cruise ships and playing jazz and rock and roll and country and all sorts of things and singing mm -hmm. I sing to the passengers. What's your instrument? I play the piano and the saxophone. Oh, okay. And I sing. So, yeah. And uh, I still do a few gigs now, but, but my focus has gone on to helping people with health. Um, and, I, and I'm an artist. I, I make paintings and, and pictures. I should put one of my paintings. Yes, you need to have a backdrop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, so I have to ask, did, did moving into health have anything to do with these cruise ships that you were on and you saw people on the cruise ships and thought, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in a roundabout way. <laughs> uh, not for the reason you're thinking of. Actually, some yeah, some people are just they were only interested in sitting down and eating. It's those buffets, you man. <laughs> yeah, you could see that they're not going to last, you know. Yeah. Uh, storing up trouble and, and, and in trouble, you know. We had what one situation where we we were near Somalia, and we had to do a drill in case pirates attack the, attack right. the ship, yeah. and we all had to go below decks and sit on the floor no problem get down there I must have seen 10 12 15 people who complained bitterly they couldn't sit on the floor when they did yeah. get on the floor they couldn't get up yeah it took several members of crew to get them on the feet oh again. dear yeah have you seen the, have you seen the movie Wally? Do you no, know that animated know. movie Wally? it's it's oh, no, sort of a futuristic it, yeah. movie and there it's just sort of pointing out that if we continue down this trajectory that we're on what we're going to look like and these people just sort of big blips sitting on on you know chaise long and and saying you know bring me a drink and the the robots come and bring yeah. them so like they don't have to get up to do anything and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well <laughs> i was seeing that in real life yeah 
Yeah, so, but at the same time, I was working on the ships. Uh, and when I came home, I'd, I'd work on the ships for a few months and then come home. And when I got home, I, I would sit around thinking, right, well, I'll, I'll start to do this. And I got a bit, not depressed, but I was, um, well, I probably was a bit depressed. I, I, I couldn't get on with life. And so I'd get fed up and eventually I'd go back on the ship. I lived well on the ship. I ate really well, really nice salads and things and always felt healthy on the ships. Um, but then and I, when I came home, I, was, I got into this cycle of feeling unwell. And my son at the time was 30 and he got a, a lymphoma mm. and he was very ill and he had to go through chemo. He's perfectly well now. He's got two children, so he's, done, he's absolutely fine. But at the time, and he kept smiling and he kept, and he, he fought it and he wanted to be independent. He wanted to drive himself to chemo and all that. You know, there was no stopping him. And I, one day I, it occurred to me, there's me feeling miserable and sorry for myself. Yeah. And and, I, and it, I'd had a few health problems, arthritis in my knee and my hip from when I had an accident when I was younger. Mm. And... Um, I think my, I thought my heart wasn't right and things like that and uh, the doctors just said oh well take these painkillers and uh, take these st they tried to put me on statins you know because mm -hmm. of my history of yeah. people in the family who've been ill and stuff oh. and one day I, I just sat up and I thought I can, I'm going to beat this because I've always tried to be healthy and then I started doing research and uh, and I've absolutely beaten everything. I've yeah. got no pain in my knee anymore, my hip. I just, I, I'm fine. And it's all through doing natural things. I don't go to a gym. I don't go on a diet. I, I just do natural things. And it's a lot of it is mindset as well, being mm. creative. Yeah. That's, yeah so it's, that's, it's another that's one of how those... I've ended up. Yeah, it's doing. so interesting. I, so many people that I talk to who do coaching and, and health body work, that kind of thing. I mean, it's so often it, it, as we say in the coaching world, your, your mess becomes your message. Like you had to go through this yourself. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I could go out into the world with this message that you can, you know, have this vibrant life through these particular interventions and not necessarily Absolutely. have to go on statins and have to go and have interventions. So Great. Well, when you think about your work as a health and well-being coach, um, specifically when you think about caregivers burning out, are there any right. commonalities that you've identified among them? And what do you attribute that to? Right. Um, I've just started working with, um, I'm working with the Health Innovation Campus here at Lancaster University. And through the work I've been doing with them, I've been introduced to a, a group um, an organization that has about 3,000 carers who, who, people who care for members of family at home, yeah. mostly. So, and also my mother ended up in a wheelchair with a full-time carer. And so I've got first-hand experience of, of the thankless task yes. that they have. I mean, not all the time, but, but a lot of the time they're taken for granted. They're on call from the moment they wake up till the moment they go to bed they don't and the big problem is is they don't get away from it and when they do they're feeling guilty mm, yes so it, that's a huge it, piece more, of it yeah yeah, yeah and i yeah, think it's, it's more than just a job it, it's because it's often family members or 
Right. You know, or, and the people who go into that profession are caring, giving yeah. people. I call them chronic caregivers, right? You're First of all, you're sort of inclined in yeah. that direction to begin with. And then yeah. you take a job in giving care, whether it's child care, elder care, hospice care, you know, nursing, any of those fields. And then you spend your day caring for others. And then you come home and guess what? There's a whole different audience at home who needs your care. And yeah, the only person they don't care for is themselves. Number one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that is absolutely the crux of the problem, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. how can you make other people well and happy if you're not in good condition yourself that's yeah. i mean i'm sure you must talk about this all the time in your yes yeah and it's it's yeah. you know the the sort of analogies about putting on your own oxygen mask it seems like such a trite old analogy and there's so much truth in it right Absolutely. we're used to giving we're used to giving and giving and giving and then our cup is empty and we try to keep giving from sort of the dregs of what's left in there rather than filling that cup up so much that it's overflowing you can give from the overflow instead of what's left in the bottom <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and the and the, the additional problem to that is uh, uh, some of the people i've met are almost in denial well they are they're in denial that they're they're getting burnt out and they're getting run down because they're saying oh but i'm fine i, I you know I eat, you know, I eat salad at lunchtime. All right. or I do. But, but you can tell that they're just a bit worn out with all this, mm -hmm. but they're in denial that they, they need help or they yeah. can do something else about it. So it's helping people to understand that they can help themselves more. That, that, yeah. That's another side of it, I've found. Right. Yeah, they're, so, not, they're, they're often not able to receive help yeah. and they don't know how to ask for it. So, you know, if you ever yes, offer to help it. them, oh, I got this, I got it, I got it, it's okay, I got yeah, it. That's it, that's it. I, I, yeah. always tell, I always tell my clients, like when I hear you say, no, it's okay, I've got it. I'm like, mm, there is a key that you cannot accept help. So you're probably not asking right. for it when you need it. Oh, I like that, yes. Yeah, yeah that's a really astute uh, insight. That <laughs> the, the I got it, yeah. the I got it issue, yeah. yeah. I got it, yeah. <laughs> I got I'll it. I'll say that to people. Okay. Yeah. So what about being a health and well-being coach really astonishes and excites you? Um, well, the, the main thing which keeps me doing it is the change that I see in some, some of my clients. Um, just having a brighter out outlook on life. And um, I get, they send me pictures. I've got one client who um, he's just been on a, a bike ride through the Yorkshire Dales, which mm. which are, it's a beautiful area near here, but hilly, yeah. you wouldn't believe some of the hills. You know, it's, <laughs> it's seriously, and he's he's stayed in. He, he had a camper van, and it, so he'd park up somewhere, get his bike off the back, and his wife was quite happy to potter about, and he went off for a day, and he went to some brilliant places. But a year ago, um, he was sat at home feeling sorry for himself, yeah. and so. I'm not saying that I'm responsible for this, but I've certainly ignited the fire. I've certainly helped him um, become aware of the mm -hmm. possibility of little things. And it's just by doing little things every day. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I told you about first off, you know, having a decent breakfast and uh, getting outdoors first thing. It's a, it's a question of changing your mindset. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that you talk about mindset as well as yes. Eat a good breakfast, move your body. There is a huge piece that has to do with, with, with mindset. And wanting to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, wanting to do it and keep doing it is hard. Yeah. I wonder if you've, if you've experienced what I have, which is it's, it's very hard to quote unquote sell prevention. Like you can tell people, Oh, you know, you need to start doing this. You need to start eating better. You need to start exercising. A lot of people who come to me are already just about at rock bottom. Just it's, it's very easy to, to say, oh, now I need to work with somebody. But it's very hard to think that far ahead and say, oh, maybe I need to change what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 People know, generally speaking, what they should be doing. Yeah. Why don't they? That, that's what we're, we're, you and I are both trying to get to the bottom of. Yes. <laughs> How can we? How can we help them to enjoy doing that, doing yeah. the thing which will make them better and we'll change their life, give them 10, 15 years more healthy, fun yeah. life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So the big change, the both the mindset shift and also the sort of the, the gradual physical shifts in your clients um, excite you and astonish you sometimes. How, what's the flip side of that? What really disturbs and challenges you about being a health coach? Uh, I think I've alluded to it already. Um, people who are in denial. Mm. So uh, I've been doing some research since I've been working with the university and just talking to people, interviewing people. Some people I know, some people I didn't know who agreed to be to talk about their lives. And it surprises me that people who obviously aren't in top condition that you know they're maybe carrying a bit much weight they look a bit you know and they've come they're, they're obviously looking for some help because they, they've come to talk to me but then when you talk to them oh but i you know i, I walk twice a week and and I, I, you know i know i have i know i've um i eat too much at lunchtime most days but but that doesn't matter because so they're actually in denial mm-hmm. that so that they're looking for help but yeah. they, they can't cross that bridge in the mind. Mm-hmm. That, right. They can't yeah. accept. You said it before. They can't. They find it difficult to accept help mm-hmm. because they think what they're doing is right. And they already know what they should be doing. Right. Yeah. And I but think they're already makes... making excuses every five minutes why they're not doing it. You see. Oh, so I was just going to say the excuses are, are very yeah. related to that. And I very often find that, you know, they'll have 10 reasons why they can't go out for a 10 minute walk. And I always yeah. want to say, you've yeah. just spent 10 minutes telling me why you can't, you could have gone out during that time. <laughs> but you know, you've probably yeah. seen that quote about, and I've heard it attributed to all kinds of different people, but it, it basically, the gist of it is, if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. So if you're going to oh, tell me yeah. all yeah. of the reasons yeah. that you can't do something, then you're right. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, the, the not the flip side, but but the um, I would add to that uh, if someone's watching this and they think, oh well, I'm not in denial, but but they know that they are in the mind. It's not their fault. Yeah. It's not. I hate that where people are blamed. I always say, put your arm around yourself, give yourself a hug, and say, that was yesterday. This is today. It's okay mm-hmm. because we haven't evolved to, yeah. to do exercise unless we you know originally we, we we we've evolved to to breed and to uh 
survive. Yeah. And so if we had a chance to sit down for a day, that's what we would do. Yeah. If we had a chance to eat some really rich, fatty, sweet food, we'd have to eat it because that would give us some extra energy. Right. You don't know about the next. So we haven't evolved to uh, to be have this amazing food that we can get literally delivered to the door every day and 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 we haven't evolved to have to do exercise outside of our normal life which is what we really have to do now mm. we have to think about it in a different way so it's not people's fault yep if you yeah. i'm yeah, sure you, you you come across the same thing absolutely now. yeah there's definitely there's definitely a, a whole different level to this question where, you know, yes, people sort of argue for their limitations and it's definitely not their fault that they do it. It's just, that's the way we've- They believe it. That's, yeah. yeah, they yeah. believe it. And it's not their fault that yeah. they believe it. Right. So thinking about these caregivers that you work with, um, burning out, being in denial about burning out, I want you to think of one audience that you want to speak to, and it can be these caregivers themselves, it can be their bosses, their coworkers, the organizations they work for, the policymakers. Pick an audience and tell them what do you think is one thing that really needs to change in order for them to not burn out, for them to find their way back to health. Right. Um, well, that, that I, ca I can't answer that as if I talk about the actual caregiver themselves they are mostly doing as much as they can and I would say quite simply take time for yourself mm -hmm. but then let's go up a couple of levels to the organization the organization yes, please let's talk to them <laughs> and, and then yeah and then to, to the whole medical profession the 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 culture of the medical profession has developed over the last um, however many years, 50, 100 years, to uh, cure people when they get ill, one person at a time. So yeah. a person goes into the doctor, they get referred to hospital, they get drugs, they get interventions, whatever, and hopefully they come out with that fixed. But no, doctors and, and the medical profession don't talk enough about prevention about mm -hmm. these things that you and i know about yeah. and talk about that will actually stop a lot of those uh, the burnout that a caregiver is feeling um if they uh, were seeing a doctor who said well go for a walk every morning not here oh take some antidepressants take some statins take some drugs mm -hmm. to, to stop your your your, your appetite or, you know all these dreadful drugs mm -hmm. which which have terrible side effects that that don't appear to be terrible but they're insidious they're yeah. dragging people down you know yeah. and they're getting the wrong advice so i would go up a couple of levels and i would try and change the culture mm -hmm. of the whole profession so that yeah. and that is happening slowly but I was just about to ask, like is, the, is the NHS, I, I feel like several of the people I've spoken to in, in the UK really have had really good things to say about the NHS and how they're starting to use health coaches and they're, they're starting to make this shift. And 
Yeah. And in a way that I don't see, um, I don't see that happening to such a degree in the United States. I think what I've run into here is a lot of so-called recovering MDs who realize that they're sort of caught in this disease care system rather than healthcare system. Yes. And they pull back, yes. they drop out, they go and they, they study functional medicine, and then they come back and they set up a practice on their own with functional medicine, which is really looking for the root causes rather than treating the symptoms. And so I see a lot of that, especially in my area, um, right. a lot of recovering MDs. Uh, I don't see the American medical profession as a whole really taking time to take stock of that. And I, I have nothing against the Western medical profession. You know, if I break my leg, I'm going to go see the doctor. I'm not going to go, not going to go to the yeah. acupuncturist for that. And I think and that they they've been given a little too much power over, over our health care decisions. Yeah. And, and if, if infectious diseases, things like that, they're, they're just doing a wonderful job and yes. trauma, you know, that's an amazing and, and the NHS are amazing. Mm -hmm. Now the, the, this change of mindset is slowly starting to happen. I, I liken it to, um, green energy, mm. um, We've known about it for years, electric cars and, and what, you know, ways of being greener and not burning coal and what the coal is doing to the atmosphere. But it's taken probably a generation and a half for it to, to uh, smoking. You know, that was healthy at one stage. Doctors right. recommended. Yes. You, know, in the 50s, but, yeah. well, you would go in to see the become... doctor who was smoking in his office, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, all that went on. But so it take these things take time, but it's people like you and I who are leading the change by yeah, doing this kind of work, system, you know, right. talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's gradually, you know, it's a sea change, I think. I'm very positive and optimistic about the future. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think right so direction. too. I yeah. think it's, and I think in a lot of ways, the, um, the pandemic has really driven home to people that, you know, big brother is not going to come save you. <laughs> like, it is up to you to make the right decisions for your health. And it's up to you to start doing that before you get sick rather than waiting for someone Absolutely. to bail you out now that you're really sick. Um, so tell us what sort of work you do with people and how we can find you if we'd like to work with you. Right. Well, I've got a program called The Art of Vibrancy which is the same name as my podcast. If you Google the art of vibrancy, you certainly will find me. Um, and that is a, a full 12 month program to help people uh, do everything we've talked about, mm -hmm. but then stay on it. Mm. Now I have got a way into that as well. I've got, uh, there's, um, uh, I do a thing called Feel Fab in Five, mm. which is, um, a five week program and that's what I'm working mostly with the um the care care workers um, mm -hmm. here locally uh, that's the program that they're starting on and that's um it's five weeks of doing mostly what I talked about at the beginning of what I do in the mornings so getting mm -hmm. outdoors having some quiet time I don't call it meditation quiet time uh, eating good food breakfast of brilliance yeah. Uh, and and then following up on that with with some sci I I I I um graduated from Yale University last year in the science of well-being. Oh, excellent. Yes. And so I, I learned quite a lot on that. I you know, that's reinforced a lot of what I was already talking about. 
but there are little techniques that raise your mood as you go around along your days and through the days and so I, I that I would recommend people to start with to think about coming on that kind of program mm -hmm. and to find out about it if they downloaded the breakfast of brilliance I will send them some information That's yes and we'll definitely have a direct oh. link to that um, in the show notes right. and also to right. your website you. and to your podcast, which was so much fun. That's how I met you was being on your podcast. You were so. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had such a good chat. Yeah, we did have it. a good time, didn't we? <laughs> well, you know, once travel is, is unrestricted again, then I'll come visit you and we'll talk in person. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be brilliant. Yeah, I love that. Great. So tell us where we can find you online and I'll make sure to also drop that in the show notes. Right. My... Um, Website is uh, theartofhealth.fit, theartofhealth.fit. And if you want to find out about the Breakfast of Brilliance, just go to breakfastofbrilliance.com. Excellent. Breakfastofbrilliance.com. I just downloaded it and took a look at it. And I thought, oh, this sounds so delicious. And I love the fact that, like I said, I love the fact that vegetables are in your breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, I love you're a fellow convert. Yes. Yes. People start, they get on it and they like it. They yes. Like it. You see they amazing like what it changes. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, a wonderful so. thing. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Rob, and talking about the breakfast of brilliance and the art of vibrancy. And we will definitely put all your notes into the show notes and all those links. And hopefully we'll see each other again soon. I hope so. Lisa, thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. And hi to all your listeners and watchers. Right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please note that any suggestions provided on this show are not meant to replace medical advice, and the opinions of the guests on this show are their own. And Simply Health Coaching and Elizabeth A. Baker LLC neither endorse nor take responsibility for statements made by guests. Let me know your thoughts about the episode and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. And let me know who else you want to hear from on the topic of being well while doing good. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor, as well as some of the other listening platforms. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast in your listening app so you never miss an episode. Love the podcast? You can support it with a donation directly from the podcast homepage in most listening apps. If you'd like to know more about my work, visit my website at simplyhealthcoaching.com. As always, the link is in the show notes.